Well, we uh, welcome you into a quick Teal Town USA Live as it has just been announced that Doug Wilson has stepped down as the San Jose Sharks general manager after 19 seasons. Uh, the, the statement from Hasso Plotner being that he wants to personally thank Doug for his 19 seasons as GM of the Sharks. Doug and his staff produced remarkable results over a span that very few NHL teams can match. Highlighted by the 2016 Stanley Cup run, Doug has been an integral part of the franchise since the team's inception in 91, and his impact both on and off the ice will continue to be felt long into the future. Doug and his wife Kathy will always have a place as members of the San Jose Sharks family. So, Ian, uh, first, I don't know, you're just, how it, first impact. I mean, shocking, obviously. Um, Is I don't it though? think. I think so. I mean, I'll, I'll look at okay. Let, let, we should start by saying this. Like, obviously, Doug Wilson's been away from the team with some health issues, and obviously, this says that those health issues are probably. I mean, the, the amount of time that way, like, obviously, there's whatever it is, it's serious. We don't know. And I'm not going to speculate as to what it may or may not be. Obviously, most importantly to anything is your health, right? So, I mean, if this is what he needs to do to get healthy, I mean, you know, hopefully that's what happens here. Um, but still, like, you know, I because it's been so hush-hush and it's never been like, okay, this is what's going on, I just always kind of figured he'd be back. Hmm. See, I was, I just, I thought if it was a couple months or something like that, it's, uh, okay. So it's something somewhat minor, who knows, mm -hmm. uh, maybe it required some surgery or something like that and it just needed time to heal. Uh, but the more that it, you know, that it continued on, cause remember if I, if memory serves, it was November 26th is when they announced yeah, it's it. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. So you're talking, you know, December, January, February, March, April. I mean, we're almost five months into this. Yeah. I, uh, I worry it's, it's m more serious than it's what, what's being, uh, you know, leaked out, which is next to nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> which I mean, good on the sharks, right? Because, I think in a lot of markets, like, this doesn't stay quiet. Yeah. Particularly right? so I, I think in Canada, good on the right? Sharks that this is not, that this is, like, we don't know what's going on with Doug Wilson, and, and we shouldn't know. It's a private, it's a private health matter. We, you know, like, it would be, you know, there's a morbid fascination with, oh, I wonder what it is, but, like, really, it's none of our business. So, I mean, good on the Sharks for keeping, even now, like, I don't know if we'll see things leak now i doubt it i don't see why they would leak it now that he's gone but um you know good on it because you don't really get that kind of privacy in 2022 yeah no kidding well it says that joe will will basically fill out the rest of the season being the interim gm uh you know, there's there's a part of me that wonders if this would have been announced a little sooner had some of the, de you know, had the trade deadline been earlier, had the hurdle, you know, deal happened earlier. Who knows, maybe he stuck around to help dot some I's and cross some T's, but Joe will. Now, the first question, of course, that pops into my mind is that during this offseason, where, you know, they've already announced that Plotner and Joe will and Becker are going to begin the external search to find a new GM. Are you surprised uh, that 
Joe Will is not getting a look? A little bit. Or I cause I always thought it was going to be like the, the Doug Wilson Jr. succession plan, right? Like Doug mm-hmm. Wilson would get promoted and Doug Wilson Jr. would get promoted. And that's kind of how I first saw this thing going down. I don't know. I, I, I don't know much about Joe Will, um, but... I, th- I think we've all been in a situation where, you know, you've been the number two guy and then like the number one guy goes out and you have to sit in the big chair and you're like, ooh, I don't really like sitting in the big chair. I like my old job. You mm. know, it's like the, the right amount of responsibility um, being I mean, being an NHL GM is really involved. Right. And I think Joe Will's probably, you know, he's, he's done good things while he's been here. Um, but. You know, I don't, I think sometimes you just you don't want to sit in the big chair. Some people are just better number twos. Well, with Doug Wilson out, Joe Will is interim. They're going to look for a new GM, or at least that's what they say. Yeah, we all know that Bugner has a year left on his contract. Hmm. You know. Yeah. Does I... <laughs> Does a new GM come in and use that as a opportunity to you know put his stamp on the franchise early i hope so i think i i think that's the one thing right like i don't want to be like again you know obviously i want doug wilson to make a full recovery from whatever is ailing him and i think doug wilson has done a crap ton of good for this franchise did did he win the big shiny silver thing no but this team you know i've said this a bunch of times there was a long stretch where you know, I entered the season and playoffs were a given. Mm-hmm. I wasn't worried. Like every year, like for so many years under Doug Wilson's watch, you entered the season and you thought, unless you were incredibly, you know, just angry all the time, you thought, wow, yeah, my team has a chance to, you know, compete in the playoffs this year. My my team has a chance to win the big shiny silver thing that only one team out of 30 wins or 32 now, but 30 at the time. Right. So, I mean, Doug Wilson did a lot of good, but this last little stretch hasn't been his best work. And I've been advocating for a while that this team needs a fresh set of eyes. This franchise needs a best set of eyes that can look at this team from top to bottom and make necessary changes in my opinion. Cause I think for all the good that Doug Wilson's done, which is a lot, there are things like, I don't really like our development system. Mm-hmm. We've got our drafting looks like it's kind of sorted itself out. So that's good. But development still an issue like i would look at the the bench that i would have looked at long before i looked at the the sharks bench just the barracudas yeah right i'm with you on that uh i just i go back to the thing you said a moment ago was those what like the first 14 years or 13 years or whatever uh, fantastic but Mm -hmm. then it's like well what about the last seven years? You, you've missed the playoffs four of seven. Yeah. You know, and it, we are in a what have you done for me lately world when it comes to. Oh, absolutely. To, so, it's, it's, it's a results. It's a results business. Yeah. So it does. It does boggle the mind as to who could come in and look at this with a fresh set of eyes. And I would also say that Doug Wilson has been loyal to a fault with some players. Yeah. I, I think we can all agree that. Uh, Keeping Marlowe for that long, or I shouldn't say keeping him for that long, but bringing him back was kind of, if anything, that was a red flag as to just how bad 
the pipeline was at that point, you know? That, yeah. And, and not only that, that I mean, I, I think the one thing that does like with obviously Becker being on the, uh, yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't have an issue with Becker being on the committee to find a new GM, but I think that there was a little bit of time where I think the business side of the equation was overtaking the hockey side of the equation in importance. And I think Marlowe was kind of a testament to that as well. Well, and, it, and I know a lot of people think he held on to Mar or uh, Thornton for way too long. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, but it's like, what do you do, right? I mean, they held on to obviously if, if a cup changes everything, right? But I mean, like obviously when you don't win, then you're, you're going to question those decisions. But these same people are like, oh, we kept Marlowe for too long, we kept Thornton for too long, are going to throw a hissy fit because Joe Pavelski isn't here anymore, right? <laughs> True that. Ah. Uh. So is there anybody that even stands out to you as a potential person to come in here and just change it all up? I don't, I can't think like off the top of my head, I don't really have any names that I'm like, oh, you know, maybe this guy, maybe that guy. Because, you know, I think the thing is though, is, is there, there's something to be said for having a guy who's had experience at the job before. But I think like also like, I just, I think this team needs fresh ideas. This team needs to not be like right now you have a coach who's very old school. I think this team needs a, a, a new school approach and new school doesn't always work. Right. And again, like these things don't always work, but you look at a guy like I, I'm using just coaches, for example, now, right? Like you look at a guy like Jared Bednar in Colorado came in with no NHL coaching experience. One of the best coaches in the game right now. Yeah. Right. Like, you never know what you're going to get until you give that guy a chance. So it's easy. It's it's easy. And the reason retreads are so calm because it's the easy thing to do, right? Well, well this guy, he knows the business. We can bring him in. He can do that. But, you know, that's the easy thing to do. I think that the hard thing is finding that diamond in the rough. And I, I don't have a name off the top of my head here because, like, when we found out with this... 20 minutes ago. So I haven't really had time to, <laughs> to think much further than that, but I, you haven't you know, had time I, to search, I wish they would bring in a guy that just, you know, bring in a guy, maybe bring in an agent even. Oh, so, so you're not pro Dan Boyle. <laughs> I love, look at, I love Dan Boyle. I, I think this front office needs less sharks, less former sharks. Well, and I like your idea of just kind of maybe more of a business mind. You know, versus yeah. a former player. I mean, to be fair, you, you see what Rob Blake is doing in L.A. Things are, are working down there. Yeah. So, I mean, there's something to be said. How, 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 oh my God, how funny would it be if, well, I mean, we all know that Daryl Sutter's entrenched in Calgary right now, but boy, that would have been an interesting pull. Or if they go back to Dean Lombardi. <laughs> God, I don't know. See, I don't want to, I don't really it want retreads, right? a retread like that. Like, especially, like Dean Lombardi's been around the, been around for a long time. I'd, I'd like to see someone with like some more fresher ideas. Um, so Sleepy Mofo asking, if they pick a new G GM this off season, will that new GM clean house immediately? That's the million dollar question. It's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, what do you do, right? Because we've talked, we talked about this on the last After Dark, you know, about about how you have players that they have to do something to, if they're going to do anything, like they have to move from one of these players, probably on the blue line. Right. Like yeah. some, that's where it's got to start. You you need to move a contract on the blue line. That's all there is to it. 
and you know easier to do when you haven't been coddling these guys for a decade you know yeah and signed them to the, or have those handshake deals or the, like you look at the Kevin LeBanc deal you know take take a mill for a year and then we'll get you on the back end I think it's fascinating the the, the fascinating thing here is though the that hurdle just extended and then this happens right mm-hmm. so it's kind of like there was obviously a direction chosen but now going externally like you would think if, if the plan was to to hold course then wouldn't they just pick an internal guy yeah well and i will to be fair doug wilson does appear to have a sterling reputation uh, among players and you know for oh for sure quality do the the anti-vegas if you will yes <laughs> yeah maybe to a fault yeah so boy it just it makes me wonder uh what what this is going to bring for San Jose. I mean, missing three straight seasons. This is, of course, not the way you want to go out, too, you know? No, I mean, it sucks, right? Like, again, like, obviously, I want Doug Wilson to be fine, like, healthy, mm-hmm. happy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this isn't, but I mean, this is the what GM goes out on top. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right? It's true. Like, GMs generally don't go out on top unless they retire. Yeah, it's but... like if you're on top, it's, yeah, no, why fire you? <laughs> why, right, you know, get fired. You know, like, unless you're retiring, unless you're like, okay, good, I've, I've won the cup and now I'm going to, you know, go off into, like, my later years. But, like, it seems like even, like, those guys that are super up there that win, they just, they can't, they can't quit. <sighs> What's Ray Bork up to? What's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gee, I mean, he, the, you have to admit, Wilson, for as much as he's the, – the shit that he's caught, he's, like Ian said earlier, who, who it, going to the playoffs, it was just fait complete. You know, mm-hmm. every year that you started the season, it was – like I think everybody was taken aback in 2015 because it's like, well, we're going to take a step back to take, you know, three steps forward. And that's when you bring in a guy like John Scott to protect the mm-hmm. youth and all that. Yeah. And if you go back to that season, <clears throat> I'll never forget Doug Wilson. There was a stretch of like three games where at that time, some of the upper echelon teams, it was L.A. It was Chicago. Mm-hmm. Well, Chicago fresh off a of Stanley or well, L.A. fresh off a of Stanley Cup and Chicago about to win their third. Yeah. Uh, in Anaheim, there was a stretch there where they beat L.A., Chicago, and Anaheim at the end of January, and you're going, shit, they, they, you know, they might squeak in or whatever. And then February, they they no, imploded. Well, yeah, the February from hell. Yeah, Ugh, yeah. horrible. But they did, you know, it it was there was hope through February, and then where for me this season, you know, hope is left. <laughs> followed it by despair really there. Christmas. Yeah. It was never really there. Like until they pretty much for me, like I said, okay, because jerk always gave, gave me a hard time. He's like, when are you going to admit this playoff team? And I'm like, well, when they beat some teams in the division, bud. And, <laughs> and when that kind of failed to materialize, I'm like, yeah, okay. They are who we thought they are. Uh, Justin Mason in the chat saying GM, John Scott. I mean, <laughs> interview him see what ideas he has right like i don't i again like i i there's again like look at rob blake rob blake went into a gm position without really any experience i mean it's, it it can be done right like i don't i i'm I, like again i don't have any guys that i'm going to come on here and advocate for as far as like future gms i'm just glad that it's that it's going to be an external process because i feel yeah. like that means that 
Hasso has seen enough and he wants a new direction. Yeah, and I like the idea of like, okay, maybe we stop with the former shark things. Yeah, like, look, at I again, there's a lot of former shark players that I hold near and dear to my heart, but I don't think they all need jobs just based on the fact they're former sharks. Well, let, let's go with uh, the idea from the Grease in the chat. Uh, can we convince Vlasic to retire and take the job? <laughs> that's a win-win baby <laughs> see guys like that like i don't I, I don't know i mean again rob blake made a ton of money too but like some players like that where they've just made just a bucket load of money i don't know i mean maybe they want to stay in the game but i think a lot of them would be like eh. like like patrick marlowe's a name that gets brought up a lot and it's like patrick marlowe has like still pretty young family still mm-hmm. he's made an absolute bucket load of money like, wouldn't he, like, he probably just wants to be a dad at this point, no? Well, I I kind of look at it the same way uh, when Dan Boyle was out. That he's like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to, I enjoy taking my kids to and from school. I'm in the middle of building this house. I've, I have shit to do. Yeah. And, you know, once yeah, the like kids. GM is a, is that, it's a, I mean, you know, it's a, obviously it's a full-time job. But, I mean, it's it's a very demanding job on your time being a GM of a hockey team. Well, and I think at that point, traveling. he was just being asked about, like, coaching. Could you imagine, right. you know, GM? Oh, that's, well, that's it, right? Like, I, I, I just think, like, a guy like, some guys like that, especially guys like with young fans, like like a Patrick Marlowe, who's, like, from all we can tell, I mean, Marlowe's a pretty private person, we can, but from what we can glean, pretty, you know, pretty good family guy. Mm-hmm. I can't see why a guy like that who's made, a bucket of money over his NHL career seems perfectly happy being at home with his family and just being a dad would want to go back to that grind of being on the road all the time. And, you know, I, I just, I, maybe he does. I, I could be wrong, but I don't know. Well, sleepy mofo asking, will they seek an up and coming hockey person who has a mindset of where hockey is currently going and to the future or go with someone with the old hockey mindset. I mean, like you're saying, Ian, I hope it's somebody new. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd like some fresh ideas. I mean, how how long is the Dallas Eakins deal? (laughs) (laughs) I think like when you look at the, um, I think it's interesting, right? Because I don't know. I don't know a ton about Hasso Plotner. Right. Well, he, we know he's German. Does he go for Marco Sturm just to keep it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, you've talked to Becker. Yeah. You've talked to Becker a bunch. Like, he seems like he's got a pretty good pulse on where the game is right now mm-hmm. from a business perspective, right? Joe Will's been around the game for a long time. So is he going to – how how much influence is he going to have on that decision? I don't know. And that's I think that's – it's it's a really interesting dynamic of who's leading this committee. I mean, Hasso Plattner, you don't get to be a bajillionaire by accident. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I, I'm assuming whoever's going to come in is going to have to, I mean, that's, that's the guy who they're going to have to sell it, right? They're going to have to sell it to Hasso Plattner. And I think it'll be interesting to see because Hasso Plattner inherited Doug Wilson and inherited a really successful team when he took over as full owner. So there wasn't. You know, some people like, oh, well, Hasso is loyal for Doug Wilson for too long. Maybe, maybe that's true. But at the time when he took over, there was no reason to make a change. Yeah. Well, Sleepy's saying that uh, Kyle Dubas should be available once the Maple Leafs get kicked out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> ugh. Ugh. I like Kyle Dubas. 
Um, but like Toronto, you look at that salary structure in Toronto and I look at the salary structure in San Jose and I don't like the match. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I look at what he's had to do and I think Toronto, the media does a lot of negotiating for the guys. Um, and I don't think that's helped, but, um, I don't know, man. I mean, that's a team that can't get out of the first round and I don't like their chance. Like this is a team that has a bunch of players that I really like, but that salary structure is rough. Well, who, so who's the GM in Vegas? Uh, McCurman. And where, where did he come from? Washington. Where did McCurman come from? I want to say, I, I think he came in. Cause I, I know their president is the former GM of the capital. So I'm wondering if he came from Washington. I don't know. I, I'm guessing I don't know that for sure. And then the GM in Seattle, that's Ron Francis, right? That's Ron Francis, and he came from Carolina. Yeah. So now did Ron Francis hold a position with Carolina's front office before? He was the general manager. Oh, he was the GM there. Oh, okay. So, well, then, geez, shit. It just feels – all right. The next GM's Mike Ricci, everybody. Get used to it. Get used to it. And McFee was from off. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, George McPhee, who's the the president, was from Washington. I don't know if McCrimmon came from Washington as well. So it's again, it's inside hockey, guys. So, yeah, yeah. So. I, I, again, I don't have like I, I wish I could come on here and I didn't really do any prep work as far as like who would I advocate for as the next GM. It'll be interesting to hear what names get uh, get bounced around on like uh, Thirty One Thoughts and stuff like that. Yes, that's. I'm very interested to see how that all goes. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that they're literally talking about this right now, so we can get their takes. Uh, I might have to uh, jump on the series. The Grease asked a really good question. What about a successful GM from another sport? I don't hate that idea. I don't. I think as long as you understand like the business side of it, and you surround yourself with people that know the game better, like. I don't hate the idea of having someone from with, because again, I think that what this game needs more than anything else is some outside, just outside top down view of it. Right. I think it's been far too institutionalized for far too long. I, I don't hate the idea of a, a person from, from outside of the outside of the league. I don't think, I think for as far as GM, cause you have to get, you have to get, you have to be, able to figure out salary structure and stuff like that and i think you can do that coming from other sports um obviously you still want hockey people to advise when you're making player decisions but i think having outside ideas would do this game a world of good yeah well i know that like the san francisco giants recently replaced their gm and a lot of people were kind of like who's this guy and i think he did have a bit of a more of a business background and so far, in just a couple of years, everybody's going, wow, I don't know who this guy is, but he's doing a great fucking job. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I like I like I like off the wall ideas like I, I, I love that kind of stuff. You know, does it always work? No. But it's like Ralph Kruger was an interesting guy, right? Who came who went, well, hockey and was coaching, I think, soccer and then came back. And obviously that totally didn't work out. And Buffalo has bigger problems than who's behind their bench. Um, but. I like off the wall thinking like that. Yeah, I'm. It it oh man, it it boggles the mind because I'm I just like do you want somebody 
from hockey do you want more somebody from a business perspective but that you know obviously has hockey advisors i'd like to see an agent do it what uh what's uh oh crap bill walsh uh alan walsh alan walsh alan walsh yes alan walsh yeah. yeah that yeah that's that's exactly what i was thinking of I'm like, oh, okay, well, I, see, I don't know. He, You look at his Twitter. He might be too much of a hothead. <laughs> I love Alan Walsh. I don't know, but I I think, like, I, I think an agent, I mean, because an agent knows the other side of it, right? So I'd be curious to see how an agent would do uh, in a GM spot. Jeez. Well, look, uh, t- the, the one thing, yeah, I, I'm not here to, like, tear Doug Wilson down at all, but, I mean, we can – kind of quickly glance over some of his you know best and worst moves during his his era I think yeah most people would would agree that when it came to the blockbuster deals uh it seems like Wilson always came out on top yeah he won more often than not for sure rentals rentals were a a, a mixed bag but like blockbuster deals I mean he took like when the sharks when he took over the sharks they were they were a plucky team, but they were a happy to be their team. Mm-hmm. And under Doug Wilson, they went from a happy to be their team to a perennial cup contender. That that nothing, no matter how this ended, that doesn't change. Those are still the facts. Yeah, they didn't win the silver shiny thing. We would have liked that. Everyone would have liked that. But you know, again, one team does. Yeah, I mean, I would say like you look. Again, the blockbuster deals, for the most part, I mean, whether you talk about Joe Thornton, getting Dan Boyle, Brent Burns, uh, I, I think the the jury might still be out on the whole Eric Carlson thing. <laughs> but Yeah, that's always going to be, that's going to be always like, that'll be the one that always kind of sticks with him as far as like the divisiveness. I think at the time, I, I don't think the trade, I don't have an issue with the trade. I think the trade was fine. The extension is where I think you probably raise eyebrows, right? I think the trade was fine. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, Josh Norris has turned out to be a hell of a player. But when Josh Norris went there, like, there's a lot of revisionist history on Josh Norris. Like, even when, like, if you even go back and look at, like, a lot of, like, even the Sens media trade, like, oh, yeah, Josh Norris is is a decent player, but we don't think he ceilings out very high, right? And he's obviously bursted through whatever ceiling everyone thought they had for him. Like Josh Norris seemed like he was going to be another high floor, mid ceiling guy that the sharks were just typically drafting at that time. Um, and he's turned out to be a hell of a player. Yeah. No, they, but they mind right there. Yeah. But like, but at the time when, at the time the deal was made, I don't think people realized how good Josh Norris was. Yeah. Well, and I go back to what you were saying. It's, it wasn't the trade that they were going for it. It was the extension. Yeah. Uh, Okay, hear me out. Um, oh, yeah. New Sharks GM, Drew Remenda. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, again, right? Like, No, that would, he would, he would, his head would explode. Uh, yeah. Evan asking, I'm late. Are we surprised that Junior isn't stepping into the role? Yes and no, a little bit. Like I, I'm not gonna lie, because that's when we talked. We've talked about Doug Wilson, like the Doug Wilson succession plan, forever, uh, especially over the past season as things have gone down. And we've always kind of said, yeah, you know, he gets promoted to president of hockey ops or some BS thing, and then uh, Doug Wilson Jr. I'm I'm a little bit surprised, but at the same time, 
I feel like he's been he's really good. He's so far he's been really good at what he does. Like I really like the draft classes. We're gonna see what's gonna happen with that draft class. Like these guys have to pan out, and we're still we're still in the wait and see on on some of his um on some of his draft picks. But um I don't know. I he hasn't really. I don't know how long he's been there. I feel like he's been in the, like he's been in the office for quite some time. But I I feel like has he been in his role long enough to take over the entire front office? I don't know. And maybe the optics of that just maybe wouldn't be good either when the team yeah. is not as good like i feel like maybe if the team was in better shape record wise uh, i think the optics of that would look better i don't have an issue with doug wilson i know people scream nepotism but like he's i feel like doug wilson jr's done a good job in like so far again some of the some of the results aren't in yet but i've liked the change in philosophy and drafting you can see like if you look at their other draft picks and you look at their more recent draft picks after he took over from Tim Burke, like there's a completely different philosophy there. And is that going to work? I don't know yet because we haven't had enough time for those, you know, for those results to come in. But oh, I, I do I, like the change in direction. I, yeah, I firmly believe if Tim Burke was still uh, running shop over there, there's no way in hell the Sharks take Ryan Merkley. Not not at all. No, God, no, no. Yeah, no. You know that Doug Wilson Jr. seems a little bit more kind of high risk, high reward. Uh, taking, I, I feel like sometimes Burke, they didn't take the best player available. They just said, "Well, we're kind of low uh, on right wingers, so let's just grab whoever." You know, let's just get, even though like uh, a defenseman at that point was the highest rated pick, and since yeah, since Junior's taken over. You see that? I mean, what was it? It was like two drafts ago, right? They just—it was like all forwards. Because yeah, and then and Josh Rowland, um, in in the chat here, just Doug Wilson Jr. Twenty seventeen was his first draft. Every player has played in the NHL. I mean, there you go. But again, like, you know, and that's and like I said, the the early and that's what I mean. Like the early, the early results on Doug Wilson's drafting are really good. But obviously, there's more classes that are coming, and we'll see how it all pans out. Um, but to your point, AJ. Like, yeah, um, I don't know what I was going to say. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, the risk reward. and Oh, the risk reward. Yeah. The the thing was, was the Sharks, um, the Sharks built the guy factory in their drafting before. Like they would draft guys and they'd be like, okay, this guy, this guy has a really high floor. So he's going to be an NHLer. But there's a difference between being an NHLer and an NHL superstar or even star. Right. And that was the problem with the Sharks drafting previous was there was a lot of guys yeah they were going to be NHLers but they were just going to be more guys from the guy factory yeah I was, <clears throat> I was getting tired of the Gambrells and the Goldobins and when it <laughs> um but with uh yeah the blockbuster deals Wilson I definitely has uh you know b plus a minus there uh like you said the rentals you know what comes to mind is the Billy Garens the uh, Campbells just the these ones that didn't work out um and then you can get into the the UFA signings. Like uh, I, there weren't a lot, no. <laughs> but like a Mike Greer, uh, I, I think was a was a, was a strong one. I think the jury's uh, there's always going to be a debate about uh, Niemi Nitamaki. 
Yeah, I mean, at the time, right? Like the NHL is a copycat league, and I, I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass there because that was the that was the, after the Niemi Lettinen Stanley Cup final, and everyone's like, "Oh, we can spend a million dollars on goaltending and play in the Cup final? <laughs> Sign me up!" So see you later, Nabokov, who wants six million dollars or something crazy like that, six seven million dollars. I think Nabokov wanted time. See you later. Uh, we'll just grab this guy and we'll pay him a couple million and we'll be fine, right? And a lot of teams did that and a lot of teams learned very quickly that that was really dumb. Yeah. Um, but no, actually, but what you, I, I want to highlight something you also said earlier there. I, I always thought Doug Wilson did a really good... I always liked Doug Wilson's depth signings. His free agent depth mm. signings usually were money. Um, but he was, unfortunately, when it came to the big fish, often the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah. Uh, Evan... Allen bringing up Joel Ward. Yeah. Uh, but then you get into ones that maybe didn't work out that well. Uh, Paul Martin. First half of that was great. Second half was horrible. So bad that uh, Paul Martin had to get bought out, right? Well, yeah. And Paul Martin, I mean, um, earlier this season, they they had a thing during intermission that talked about some of the issues Paul Martin was going through at the time. So unfortunately, like, that's that's a guy where personal demons probably played a factor. Um, and an ankle surgery. And ankle surgery, personal demons kind of played a factor. And only, and for Paul Martin, I mean, I feel bad for the guy because his demons were made worse by that Stanley Cup final loss where he watched all his former teammates skate around with that beautiful silver shiny thing. And that kind of sent him over the edge like he was on that team the year before. Um, So we are um, getting a tweet now from Pierre Lebrun. This is the Sharks general manager search plans to be extensive. If I had to guess, a dozen or so candidates at the outset, varying from former GMs, up-and-coming AGMs, player agents, former players. I love it. And the intention is not to rush the process, willing to wait to talk to all targeted candidates. Yeah, I love it. I mean, that's the Sharks are in no rush. Like, they'll still be bad next year. It's fine. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um Getting back to a couple other bad UFA signings that just didn't quite pan out. Uh, I mean, Michael Hanzus. Yeah. Not... Yeah, I mean, look at, at show me a GM that hits 100% of the time. Oh, yeah. But it's, you know, it, it's funny is so many of the blockbusters he was money at, you know, and you, you were talking about how uh, the those depth signings he was really good at. But mm-hmm. the, the rentals... I don't even know that he's batting 500 there in some of the UFA signings. I don't know that you could say he's batting 500 anyone, there. I mean, the thing with rentals though, and I, I agree, like I, I agree, like well, obviously the record isn't that good, but the thing with rentals is that like most of them don't like the majority of them. If the, if the goal is the shiny silver thing at the end, like most rentals don't work. The majority of them are bad. Yeah. Um, and then of course, the so I think everybody would agree the two worst UFA signings, uh, Adam Burrish and Mikel Bodker. But, yes. Uh, it is what it is. So, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's, uh, you know what, it just made, uh, it made our summer a bit more interesting here. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> like there's going to be a lot to follow. Uh, I think at some point we're going to have to sneak into SAP offices and I don't know, hide some microphones or something so we can listen in. I don't know. (laughs) I can't, I can't wait to see how this goes. Um, but I don't, you know, all of this is just kind of coming together at a weird time. Just, you think Mm -hmm. about like Hasselplotner, 
not getting any younger, his who knows how much longer he wants to be the owner of the Sharks. His family, it's already been quoted as saying, is that they're not interested in being in the hockey business. Yeah. So you have that. You have missing three straight seasons. Now you're going to be looking at a whole new GM. Who knows what that brings, how many faces may change in the front office. And then, of course, as we said at the outset, a GM a lot of times wants to put his stamp on the franchise. We all know Bugner only has one year left after yeah. after this. So we could see quite the wholesale changes, but it still comes down to there's still some significant contracts that any GM is going to have to deal with. Correct. But he won't be loyal as loyal to those contracts as maybe a guy like Doug Wilson might be. <laughs> so he's going to come into bring Vlasic in. Okay, pal. You know, figure it out. You're going to be the highest paid seventh defenseman in the league or you open up your no move. Yeah, I'm I, again like uh, that's that's going to be the interesting thing, and I think it's going to be like because this is something that we've we've had coaching changes, obviously. We we've uh, well we've been on the air like how many coaches we've we been through since we've been doing the show three four. We on our fourth now. Oh, I, good luck. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right. So like we're used to that. But we've never like this this kind of change. Like this is going to be. I hate saying this because I've said this a lot this year, but like, because I said this about the hurdle thing and everything else. But I mean, again, like this is this summer is going to be a huge turning point for this franchise, whether that's a turn in the right direction or wrong remains to be seen. But it's a, this this little period of time right here is going to be the thing we look back at in five years and go, well, that was really awesome or oh, that was bad. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm worried about is that is this going to just continue to be this slow circling of the drain over this yeah. decade after, you know, 15 years of like, Oh, you know, Oh, look at that. It's uh yep. According to my watch, it's playoff time for the sharks. You know, uh, a couple more in the chat before we get out of here. Uh, Justin Mason saying with the sharks being garbage for the next couple of years, when do you think Carlson will want out? <laughs> I mean, we're, I we're, I mean, we're year I think, three into end of, of eight, right? Yeah. The problem is, is like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of time left on that deal. Um, yeah. But I if think, he, if he's looking at the roadmap and he sees all this upheaval and what if he doesn't like the new GM? What if he doesn't like the new coach? Yeah. Um, he's got half his deal left if he's just like, yeah, you know what? This isn't what I wanted. Get me out of here. It's a lot of money to move. Oh, completely agree. Like, I don't know. I mean. I, I could see it, but I don't, I, I, I could see where, I, I think, again, like, this is, like, why um, when we talk about, like, contracts that I might look to move this summer, I, I look at Brent Burns. On the latter, on the on the later end of his deal, right? Yep. You know, with uh, time to go. So, but I, I don't know. I, like, do I think it's, do I think Eric Carlson's going to, like, throw a fit and want out, in, like, next season? I don't know. But, you well, know, could, do I think he finishes here? Maybe. Mm, I, I would bet no, but we'll see. Uh, but speak- well, we'll see, right? Depends on the direction of the franchise. I mean, I, I could see a lot of these guys wanting out at the end at the end of their deals when they're a little bit more movable uh, well, to a team that thinks that they can add a piece to make a cup run. Well, we have a, a quote from Carlson right now on okay. a new GM coming in. Carlson saying, we're in a position right now 
where we haven't done very well for an extended period of time. We should feel a bit uneasy. Things are going to change. Things are going to have to change. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. No. Uh, Sam Rod, thank you so much for the super chat. Yes, sir. Thank you. That is awesome. Today is a great day for Sharks fans and for the organization. It was time for Doug to step down. Now we need Hasso to sell the team to a real ownership group. Uh, be careful what you wish for, my yeah. friend. <laughs> you know, the, the uh, you know, sh- show me the uh, who who would you say, Ian? Because for the most part, Hasso. I mean, what? It's been three years since he's even talked to the media. He is notorious for for wanting to I shy like away. Che- I like the ownership that signs the checks and stays out of things. Exactly. So, who, who's an example of the polar opposite of that? That like can't keep um, their fingers. Well, look at look at what's going on in Vegas, right? Like, I think. Do you think that that Bill Foley has had no effect on why they've completely just keep on buying all the fancy toys that come out on the market and? You know, like I, I look at that cap situation and I wonder if a lot of that's Bill Foley saying, no, I need this guy because we have to win now. We have to win now. We have to win now. It's good to want to win now. But the problem is, is like there's a salary cap and there's things that you have to do. Right. Um, I think in the summer I looked at the Rangers, although I think if you look at the Rangers now, it's probably worked out okay for them i thought they were really hasty when when tim dolan kind of gave them you know kind of gave the rangers the attention he usually gives to his basketball team i thought ooh, ooh, oh no i mean but it's worked out so far for them so far i mean and again great goalie can solve a lot of problems like igor shesterkin's had a hell of a season oh yeah right but that could have easily went the other way i I don't know, man. Like, I know people are upset at, at Hustle, and I and I get it. I'm not trying to like diminish anyone's feelings on Hustle Platner, but I personally would rather he sign the checks and let the hockey people make the well, hockey decisions. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing: is you hire somebody to do a job, let them do the job. So yeah, there you go. Um, you know, that's one of the things. Just to go off on a quick little tangent, that's one of the things that some of the uh, the nightclubs that I played in. It would, there were, there were some owners that would be like, you know, we want you here on this night. This is the type of format that we want played. Okay, great. Thanks. That's it. And you know, it was just kind of like, if people aren't shaking their butts on the dance floor, we'll find somebody who can make that happen. But it was like, great, love it. And then there would be other ones where they'd come in, you know, they'd come into the DJ booth three, four times a night and go, Hey, can you throw this on? And, And I'm like, dude, do I tell you how to fucking sign your checks? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me do my job. You do your job. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I think obviously I think a lot of people's anger with with Hasso Platner has to do. I think one, because he doesn't really say much mm-hmm. Two, it's just it's it's backlash from their displeasure with Doug Wilson. Yeah. And let, let's let's say and I get that. Let's say one thing here about Hasso Platner. You, you want to talk about getting new ownership? You right now you're looking at an owner that has dumped millions upon millions. I mean, they they replaced all the escalators yep. at, at uh, over the last couple of years. They've replaced all the escalators. They completely ripped out all the flooring and put in a new ice plant system and all all of the upgrades to that. Installed that LED light system on the seats. Now, granted, I can understand if some people are kind of like, yeah, who gives a shit about that? For sure, but but. 
completely re- redid the entire lighting system there, switching from those old, remember those old lights that they'd have to like turn on the lights about halfway through the anthem because it would take them that long to actually get up to full power by the time the puck dropped, whereas they replaced all that lighting. There's a new jumbotron or center-hung display, whatever you want to call it, but a new scoreboard is coming into the arena next season. Those are not cheap, and that it's going to be the second time that they've replaced it. Uh, you know, they went to all LEDs. I mean, he has spent a shit ton of money to upgrade. Yeah, like, and that's that's the thing. Like, I don't think that Hassel Plattner doesn't care. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, like not saying anything and not caring are two different things. Right. And, you know, I'm seeing in the chat also talking about the, the Warriors, right? Well, now, the big thing is the the athletic. I mean, we'll talk about the Warriors in a second, but the athletics. Okay. Do you want John Fisher as the owner? of? The, I mean, the, the guy can't get out of his own way, keeps stepping on his own dick and won't spend. He spends literally yeah. the bare Minimum. At least Hasso Plotner has allowed Wilson to spend to the cap every season. But- yeah, and 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 you have to remember too, like with the, the way the Sharks were, like this is a team that is turning over from an old core, mm-hmm. and maybe they've been, like I said, maybe they've been loyal to a couple of players longer than they should have. But it completely. I don't know. I, I feel like the Warriors and the Sharks are an apples and oranges comparison because you're taking a Agreed. perennial Stanley Cup contender versus a team that was dog shit for a long time and then got the right players and now turned themselves into a dynasty. And I think the Sharks, obviously, you know, in order for the Sharks to do something similar, you have to actually do like a full rebuild, which they're not going to do. Well, hold on. You're saying that the the sharks are not going to do a full rebuild. Well, who we don't it? know based on based on what we know today. Yeah, but yeah, but here's it, my but, point though: is okay. that that's always been Doug Wilson's you know drum to beat on is that yeah. you know we're not a rebuild team. We're a, a reset, replenish team. Blah blah blah. Maybe a GM, you know, a new GM comes in and talks Hasso into his vision and plan, and that just happens to include a full-scale rebuild that we're for sure gonna, and that could happen right you know. but i don't think that's going to happen that won't be an immediate thing i think a new gm comes in probably has probably gives whatever he has here and some players coming up a couple seasons to see what he has and then maybe if this thing is still you know dead last in the division um you know or second last in the division thank you seattle um <laughs> maybe then we get there but i don't think the plan is going to be like i don't think the new guy coming in is going to be look at i got to tear this thing down to the bolts i don't think that guy gets the job if he comes in immediately says i got to tear this down to the bolts like he has to have a plan for what they have right now and then a contingency going forward like if this doesn't work in two seasons then this is what we have to do but i think if a guy comes into that meeting and says look at i'm going to tear this thing down to the bolts starting the summer i don't think that guy gets the job uh let's before we wrap this up let's get in a few more quotes bob bugner saying if there's one name you could think that's built this franchise from the bottom up it's doug wilson Hurdle said uh, even up to his re-signing, he was under the impression that Wilson wanted to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlson, uh, as we said, you know, it's it's we're in a position right now where we haven't done well for an extended amount of time. So he's expecting change. Logan Couture says, when you think of San Jose, when you think of the Sharks, 
for me, it's probably Marlowe, Thornton, Pavelski, and Wilson. Yeah, I mean, so. Doug Wilson, like, one of the longest tenure GMs in the league. Not by accident. Yeah, and, yeah, success will do that. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, – and then for those of you that are planning on watching the game tonight, Reimer starts. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Dolan and VL in for an injured Gadjevic and Leonard. Maloche coming back in for Merkley because <sighs> – whatever. <laughs> but Bugner did emphasize that Merkley will get back in quickly, probably the next game in Vancouver. But I just sit there and go, look, you know what you have in Maloche. Get Merkley a few more starts, would you? Yeah. Guy in the guy factory. <sighs> I hate that. Uh, so uh, with that, is there um, any kind of like last thoughts about this? Uh, do, do, can we expect an article from you on all the different people? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish I had the time. Um, I don't know. I mean, look at uh, we're gonna, we're gonna I'm gonna be on here again. We'll we'll this will be this is gonna be obviously a hot topic going forward, and I'm sure we're gonna spend plenty of more airtime on it um, going forward. I'll 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 poke around and see what I can see what I can see. I'm, I'm curious. Like I said, I'm curious to see what names get bounced around on like some of the more like mainstream media podcasts, like Thirty Thoughts stuff like that. But, like I'm curious to see the names that they bounce around for it. Um, and then I think we'll go from there. And I also kind of, I had heard some rumors swirling that at the end of the month, it's the 23rd game versus Chicago, which is fan appreciation night. I'd heard some rumors swirling that there was going to be a, uh, tribute to Doug Wilson because getting into the hockey hall of fame, oh, it's, yeah. it's again, you know, he went in as a Blackhawk. This is a, the one time the Blackhawks played at SAP. Mm. So, I wonder if there's uh, if, if any of any of the conjecture or rumors are true to that, and if they are, if they still will plan something. To I don't. I mean, I think go, look at going in the hall, hockey hall of fame is no small feat. I think if like, I think it's totally worthy. Like, I think Doug Wilson's totally worthy of of such an honor. I, again, right? Like, the the last little bit hasn't been good, but it wasn't all bad. And mm-hmm. obviously stepping down for health reasons, like, again, most importantly, like from a business perspective, I have been advocating for this for a while. So I'm not, you know, so I'm, I'm excited, cautiously optimistic to see where this goes. But like from like just as a person, and I can't stress this enough, like I hope whatever is ailing Doug Wilson, he recovers from and gets back to being, you know, a happy, healthy human being. Oh, absolutely. Uh we have a final quote here from Pierre LeBron. It says, Joe Will could navigate the team through the draft and free agency. Sharks won't rush to sign a GM if they don't need to. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, again, look at this <laughs> well, team look- doesn't have a ton of cap space to to blow in free agency, so that's fine. Um, and look, they've, they've got a Timo Meyer deal to, to do. They, they have that and – you know, not not to be a, a sarcastic ass, which I generally am, so I'm going to do it again. Uh, it's <laughs> it's it's not as if they won't have a, a longer summer than most. Yeah. <laughs> they don't yeah. have to worry about playoffs. No, that's true. So they, they can... got a lot of time to sort this out. I, I look at. I think like the draft. The draft is fine. I'm not worried about the draft. Yeah, especially. I mean, that stays in uh... free agency. I'm a little like free agency is going to be the really interesting thing because obviously. Again, a new GM is probably going to bring a new direction. How far off the current course that new direction is, we don't know yet. That remains to be seen. But 
I can't see with the Sharks wanting to bring a new face in, I can't see them doing much more to, you know, anchor them on the course they're currently on. So free agency is going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, and I feel like, as you were saying earlier, you know, like to this point, I would say Junior has earned his spot where he's at. I would like, absolutely. I'd like to see him there for a couple more years just to see how, you know, his first two years have panned out with, being the the leader taking on the reins if you will i want to see what we have you know like eckland look that you know that's you're going to get something pretty decent when you pick in the top 10 yeah right but <clears throat> let's see how the coes the gushkins the bordelos the the gaudros the uh, i mean Weisblatt's. you know mm-hmm. let's see how these guys pan out will it help that they're going to play in a brand new facility next season that's all their own Instead of, you know, I, I, look, I, I can't speak for a minor league or a, an AHL hockey mm-hmm. player, but I'm sure it, you know, it's it's probably not the, uh, probably doesn't get you real juiced up to play a game in a 17, 18,000 seat cavern arena, yeah, where, yeah, you know, yeah. 600 people show up. But if you're playing in a new arena and it's only seats 4,200 and you're, you know, and, you, and you've yeah. got a few thousand in there it's going to feel a bit better. No, so, I agree. Yeah. And maybe that brings up your... Uh, I think, that, look, the Barracuda are going to be a better team next year, period. Like, they're just flat out with, with some of the guys that are going to come up. Like, they have no choice but to be a better team next year. Yeah. God, I should hope so. And uh, do you think... Uh, you think Bortolo leaves college? I wouldn't be shocked. I think that's probably... I, I, I think so, but... That's a tricky one because the Sharks, again, this is where things are going to get weird, right? Like the Sharks before have had no problem saying, hey, you want to sit in college for four years? You go right ahead and do it. <laughs> right? I wonder how that, that that changes. So we'll see. Uh, Final comment. Faulty synapse. Look what Bill Guerin did in Minnesota. He tore things apart. Yes. Um, and last, to him. Last time I looked, Minnesota? Doing pretty decent right now. They're going to have some pain next year, though. Oh, <laughs> next yeah. Next two seasons, there's going to be some pain. Um, they have to get rid of those buyouts, right? Those buyouts are going to murder their cap situation in the next Sutter two seasons. Sutter and Parise? But, yeah. But here's the thing, right? Like, again, yeah, like Minnesota was a team that needed some bold moves. And Bill Guerin threw his stones on the table and said, this is what we're doing. And this is how we're going to do it. And, you know, put those did those buyouts. I think this year... Um, obviously this year Minnesota's got to go all in because they're going to be in some pain for the next couple of years. But when that pain ends, that team is set up to be a contending team for quite some time to come. And you're talking about Kaprizov in his prime, right? Kaprizov in his prime. Um, by the time the cap pain's over, probably you have Jesper Wallstead, uh, coming over North America, and if he's everything that we think he is, that team's going to be set for yeah. a long and, time. And dude. you'll still have Flurry backing him up. Yeah, <laughs> 45-year-old Flurry backing him up. Oh, boy, oh, boy. And, uh, you know, don't forget Magnus Krona versus yes. Bortolo later today, Michigan versus Denver in the Frozen Four. Uh, it's uh, Is it you and Puck Guy tonight? What's going on? Uh, no, not me. Um, I have to work in the morning, so not me. Uh, I can't remember who it is. I don't have the sheet in front of me. Well, but whoever I'll... it is, it will be awesome. Watch anyway. Yeah, but I just wanted to give uh, everybody an idea. So tonight it's Calgary. Looks like we got Puck Guy and our buddy Mark from back east oh, on awesome. this one. Love Mark. So should be a good one tonight. 
That follows Sharks versus Calgary. Uh, that'll be after dark, immediately following the game tonight. So thanks so much for joining us on this breaking news. Doug Wilson stepping down as the Sharks general manager. It just gave us a lot to talk about during this offseason. So <laughs> we'll catch Did you tonight ever. following Sharks and Calgary. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody.